Alrighty, crew, welcome back to the 3PC podcast, so episode two for the year. Um, and this episode, we will be, or I will be discussing how to make results without tracking your calories or your macros. So more specifically, um, how to lose body fat, as that is more of a common goal, um, especially when it comes to using a tool such as tracking your calories and macros. So uh, at the start of this week, um, I posted something similar to this topic on the 3PC Nutrition Instagram page, um, got a lot of feedback and hence why I thought it would be a good idea for today's episode and just had, a, um, I guess, a few conversations uh, with people about it and it is a pretty common uh, topic that we get um, in the gym as well. So I thought it would be good to go into things maybe in a little bit more depth. Um, so the reason for this post was because, uh, as I said, I speak to so many people in the gym who either... A, say that they hate tracking their calories um, on apps like MyFitnessPal or B, they ask me, is it actually necessary in order to make results because, you know, you see a lot of people um, using it or saying that they do it but um, I guess some people get confused whether they actually have to do it or if there's, you know, other methods and things that you can do um, to still make those similar results. So, at the end of the day, it really comes down to personal preference and before getting into it, I'll say personally that I love tracking calories and macros um, as a tool and I love having clients use it too because I think it's such a great way for people to learn and educate themselves more about food and um, the different makeup of food and it's also a great way to help you stay accountable and provide yourself with just some sort of structure. And Now, personally, I'm a very, um, I guess, almost OCD in a sense and I just find that you know, seeing the numbers there, it really helps and benefits me. But I know that's not the same for a lot of people and it's absolutely not necessary at all to make results. Um, as I said, I know many people don't like using it and don't even know how to do it or just aren't even at a point where they even need to be considering tracking their total intake. They can make so many other changes and focus on so many other things before even having to consider doing that, um, which is something I'm going to touch on a little bit more in a bit. But as I said, tracking your calories and macros is a tool. It's a tool which is there to help you um, but with that said, there are other tools available. So you have to find the right one which is going to work for you. Um, in order to build a house from the ground up, you are going to need a hammer. But if you don't like using hammers, it doesn't mean you can't build the house. It just means you're going to have to find a different tool that you can use. And there's, there's always plenty of uh, other tools available to us out there. So again, personally, I definitely go through phases where I'm almost religious with my tracking, tracking everything I eat, everything I consume, um, using it multiple times throughout the day. And then I definitely go through phases as well where I don't use it and I still make great progress as well. Um, and these are the main things that I try and do and I try and focus on when I prefer not to use tracking apps or when I prefer not to track my calories or my food. Um, essentially, I've come up with what I would say are my top six tips on what you should do or what you could focus on um, in order to still make results without tracking. And I'll list off each one and then maybe we'll go over each one in a little bit more detail. So firstly, I've got plan, having a plan in place to follow. Uh, second is focus on adequate protein intake. Third is focusing on consuming high volume and whole foods. Uh, four is reduce snacking and stick to full or main meals. Five is to exercise regularly and follow a routine. And then six is to track and monitor your progress. So they're the main six that I try to focus on um, or at least even just a couple of those things when I'm not as keen on tracking my, my calorie and macro intake. So the first one that I had was planning. 
I think this is one of the most important and easiest steps someone can take to improve their nutrition overall. Even if it's really rough, creating a plan of your week gives you some structure and guidance to follow. Having some basic structure in place is going to help with keeping yourself accountable, but it's also going to remove the thinking process of, you know, oh, what am I going to eat now? What's for dinner tonight? Oh shit, I don't have anything ready for lunch. What should I do? Because when you're faced with those choices, depending on the situation you're in, you're just generally going to go with whatever's easiest or most convenient. Um, And often the case is that that's not going to be as such a healthy option or you know, maybe it's not going to be as best suited to your goals, um, especially when the alternative is to cook a healthier meal, which can be a little bit more time consuming or things like that. So you're also just much more likely to work towards a goal um, when you know and understand it rather than just trying to make it up on the fly. And that's one thing I always say to people and why planning can be such a useful tool above anything else. Um, and by now, I hope that many of you understand that in order to burn body fat, we need to be consuming uh, fewer calories than, oh, sorry, we need to be burning uh, more calories than what we're consuming. So knowing this, you can create a plan which is tailored to this, sort of planning out what you eat, when you eat. Um, it's going to be a much more accurate method than, as I said, just trying to do things on the fly or do it on the go. Um, thinking on the spot, you know, what's best for me right now is much more difficult as opposed to having a plan in place and something ready to follow. Now, it's remarkable the amount of people I've seen make uh, great progress just from focusing on this one habit alone and nothing else Um, and hence why I think it's one of the most important things you can focus on even before you even think of tracking your your calorie intake. The second tip was to focus on consuming adequate protein intake. Now, there's two main reasons for this one. Um, One is the majority of people that I've personally worked with uh, in the past who I have um, seen start tracking their food intake, they've all been under consuming on their protein target. Many people buy actually quite a lot, a lot more than what they'd initially think they would be. And the second reason is that protein is arguably the most important macronutrient when it comes to fat loss um, for reasons including satiety, muscle retention, thermic effect, um, things which I'll go into in a little bit more detail. But if you do not want to track your calorie and macro intake, I highly suggest that you look at and just focus on trying to get enough protein within your diet based on your personal needs. Now that varies on a number of factors, but as a basic rule, which I I would use for most people, you're roughly going to need around two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So to put that into perspective, two eggs equals roughly about 12 grams of protein. Um, About 100 grams of chicken breast is about 23 grams of protein. So let's say you weigh around 70 kilos, you're going to be aiming for roughly 140 grams of protein per day. And I say that's a rough estimate. Um, But again, it can just be helpful to think about, especially if you're not going to be tracking your intake and you're not 100% aware of how much protein you're going to be getting in. It's just nice to um, have a rough idea of how much that you may be needing and then having a rough idea of what that might look like. Because as I said, um, I know it's one thing that a lot of people struggle with, um, but just having that in your, in your mind, in the forefront of your mind, um, without, as I said, having to track it or anything like that, you, you can think about, does this meal have enough protein in it? Am I getting enough sources in throughout the day? Um, and just, again, subtle changes like that can make a much bigger difference than, than you realize. So why is it that you should be focusing on protein anyway? Well, as I said, it's really important for fat loss for a number of reasons. 
Now, protein is the most satiating macronutrient, which means it keeps us feeling fuller for longer when we consume it. Now, consuming adequate amounts of protein also ensures that we are maintaining our muscle mass, which is important when we're in a fat loss phase because if we are consuming less calories than what we're burning um, for a long period of time, then eventually um, some of that can be coming from muscle. You have to remember that weight loss doesn't always just equal fat loss. When you lose weight, sometimes muscle mass tends to be reduced as well. However, what we really want to focus on trying to lose is body fat. Now, losing muscle is a side effect of weight loss that most people don't want. Another side effect of losing weight is that your uh, metabolic rate tends to decrease as well. So in other words, you end up burning fewer calories than what you did before you lost the weight. So eating plenty of protein can help reduce the amount of muscle that you lose um, and that will then uh, ensure that you keep your metabolic rate higher as you lose body fat um, throughout the process. Now, another useful thing about consuming adequate protein is that it has a high thermic effect of food. And this essentially means that you burn calories while you're digesting and metabolizing it. Now, not all sources agree on the exact figures, but it's pretty clear that protein has a much higher thermic effect, roughly 20 to 30% compared to carbohydrates and fats. So if we go with a thermic effect of say 30% for protein, that means when you consume 100 calories of a protein, it only ends up being 70 usable calories because you've actually burnt 30 of those calories just from uh, digesting and metabolizing it. So if you don't necessarily track exactly how much protein you're consuming on a daily basis, just try to zoom out a little bit and see if you're consuming enough um, just from you know, the main meals that you're having throughout a day. A good way to do this is look at each main meal and ask, is there a decent serving of protein with each meal? Because if not, then it is likely that you are missing out on some of these key benefits. Now, tip number three is consuming high volume foods and more whole foods within your diet. Now, high volume foods are foods which are substantial and bulky, but they provide us with fewer calories overall. Um, otherwise, they're known as lower energy density foods. And whole foods are just naturally unprocessed sources of food. So the two main reasons for suggesting this is that high volume foods are going to help bulk up your meals. Therefore, they're going to fill you up and leave you feeling satisfied for longer, reducing the need to eat more and pick more uh, throughout the day. Essentially, they just fill your stomach up more and therefore your hunger levels tend to decrease. And the second reason and the reason for unprocessed whole foods is that Generally speaking, the more your diet is filled with whole foods, the more likely you're going to be hitting all of your nutritional requirements. And also just the fact that more processed foods are either energy dense or just filled with excess calories that really don't have a lot of use. They're usually less likely also going to fill you up and generally leave you craving more, which if you think about it is sort of the whole idea of the product because it's, you know, people want to make these products um, obviously sellable and they want you to buy more and more of them and consume more of them. Um, hence why they tend to fill them with things uh, like sugars and additives and things like that, which make you crave more. So focusing on nutrient dense, high volume whole foods helps to keep you feel full and satisfied. Since most high volume foods such as fruit and veg are also rich sources of fiber and water, they help to keep you full since they quite literally just fill up your stomach, make your stomach fuller. A big mistake that I see people make when dieting or trying to eat in a calorie deficit is thinking that instantly they have to eat less um, and remove more from their diet. And yes, you need to be consuming fewer calories for sure, 
but your volume of food can still be quite high if you just make some smart choices about it. So what do these high volume foods look like? Well, they have high water, high fiber, and generally low sugar content. Therefore, they're low in calories per serving. And some good examples would be uh, leafy green vegetables like lettuce, spinach, kale, uh, cruciferous vegetables such as cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, um, stems, and other types of vegetables such as you know uh, capsicums, onions, pumpkins, zucchini, celery, and then some fruits as well, especially more fruits such as like berries, so your strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, and those sorts of things. So putting this into context, maybe just so you can understand it a little bit better. If you take a whole punnet of blueberries, that may equate to roughly 90 calories. Whereas if you just take a tiny teaspoon of peanut butter, that would also equal 90 calories. So obviously you're going to feel a little bit fuller and more satisfied from eating an entire punnet of blueberries. That's just going to fill up your stomach more. And that's not to say you can't eat the higher calorie foods too, but it's just to point out that being in a calorie deficit doesn't mean you have to be hungry all the time. And if you do make some smarter choices, you can definitely fill yourself up a little bit more and make the process, I would say, slightly easier. So again, if you aren't tracking your calorie and macro intake, um, but are consuming plenty of high volume foods, then it will definitely help with reducing the amount of overall calories that you are going to be consuming on a daily basis. Now, tip number four is to reduce snacking and try to stick to consuming main meals and full meals. Now, snacking is great, no doubt, but compared to a main meal, it can be very easy to overeat without even realizing it. And if you're not tracking it, then it can be a very easy way to add in excess calories without, without knowing. When you eat a full meal, it's a lot easier to know exactly what's going in and roughly how much versus just picking at things here and there throughout the day. Again, it's not to say that you can't snack, but if you're someone who maybe eats brekkie, lunch and dinner, and then you know three to four snacks throughout the day, why not looking at changing that up to four to five smaller meals throughout the day? And the chances are that it'll leave you feeling much more satisfied. It'll probably help with upping your protein intake. Um, and again, it'll probably just reduce the likelihood of excess uh, picking throughout the day um, and adding those extra calories, which you didn't even realize that you were doing in the first place. So I think the main point with this one is that once you start snacking, it can be really difficult to stop. So it's just a handy tip, which personally I think can make quite a big difference in the long run. Now, tip number five is to exercise regularly and follow a routine. Now, obviously there's the benefit of the calories that you burn when you exercise, but exercise also helps with satiety too. So that feeling um, of, of fullness because it helps sensitize you to your satiety signals. Now, regular exercise actually restores the sensitivity of neurons involved in the control of you know, that feeling of fullness, which in turn, therefore contributes to a reduced food intake. I also find that when you are regularly exercising, you just generally feel more inclined to eat well as well um, versus when you're not exercising and then you just sort of tend to care a little bit less about maybe your diet overall. And that's why I'm sure many people agree um, and maybe you've gone through this at some stage, you know, you get into almost a bit of a flow state where you're training really well and you just feel like your diet's really on point too because they sort of just coincide with, with one another. And routine is also important because your body will eventually get used to the times that you train and then therefore eat throughout the day. Um, if you just start eating less all of a sudden, then yes, you're going to probably feel a bit hungry um, at times. But if you just stick to it 
um, and try and eat at similar times throughout the day, then eventually your body and your mind is going to adapt to that new routine. Um, I know it can be hard depending on your schedule and your job, but if you can get into the habit of training and eating at similar times each day, then it will be very beneficial. Um, And now moving on to the final tip, that is to track and monitor your progress. I hope this is an obvious one, um, but again, I think one that is quite often overlooked. Now, you might not want to track your food intake, um, but you still have to track your progress. Uh, Otherwise, how do you know if anything's actually improving or working? So there's many ways that you can do this. Uh, Regular photos would be a good one. Weighing in on the scales, using a body scanner, taking measurements are all, all good options. Photos are probably one of the best, um, but again, some form of tracking is is very likely going to help you. Now, if you're noticing some positive changes over time, then you can assume that the approach that you're using is actually working. And if not, then you can ask yourself what might be limiting your progress and assess those areas that might need to be modified. For example, say you're training consistently for a six-week period and you think you eat relatively well, but everything stays the same. Photos, body weight measurements, nothing's changed. Then regardless of whether you track your food intake or not, it's a fair enough assumption that you are eating at your maintenance calories and therefore you're consuming equal amounts to what you're burning each day and therefore you need to be consuming a little bit less. I know it's a real basic example, but I hope that gives you um, a bit of an idea of why tracking is such an important asset and why um, it's such a helpful tool in a fat loss journey. So that's essentially... It, the six basic tips for how to still make progress and things that we can focus on doing uh, regardless of whether we're tracking our food intake or not. There are definitely other things that you could focus on for sure, but if you're doing those things and doing them pretty well, then there's no reason you can't make good process, uh, good progress without having to weigh out every piece of food or log every meal into an app. But I also think it is important to remember, um, and I'll wrap the episode up with this, that not everything's going to be easy and that finding your right method won't mean it's going to be a simple process. It just might make the process a little bit more sustainable for you. And at the end of the day, when it comes to your nutrition, sustainability is one of, if not the most important factors because the longer and more consistent you can be with the particular process, the more likely you're going to see results because things, especially weight loss, take time. It doesn't happen overnight and therefore you need to be consistent. So if you don't like a certain approach, chances are you won't stick to it long enough to see the benefit. And I see this happen all the time. But again, even if you do find an approach that you enjoy or able to stick to more consistently, it doesn't mean the process will still be all sunshine and rainbows, especially when it comes to fat loss. Burning body fat is still a very difficult process, something which I think gets overlooked these days a lot thanks to social media and marketing tactics from so many people trying to show you that their system or their approach is the best because it's the easiest, etc. But it's just a marketing tactic which people use to convert more people and more sales. In reality, it's still going to be difficult. And if we are accepting of this, then we're more likely to persevere when the going gets tough because when we do that, that's where the magic happens. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have any feedback or any particular topics that you'd like discussed on this podcast, please feel free to reach out. Otherwise, be sure to share this episode on Instagram, um, tag 3PC, um, and yeah, give it a share if you think others might enjoy it. Otherwise, I'll catch you all in the next episode.